0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. So here we are in the bottom of the ninth inning. Two outs and running first base. Mark Knutson, the tall right-hander, trying to nail this one down. He has thrown a gem to this point. Eight and two-thirds innings, giving up just three hits and looking for his fourth complete game to speak and perhaps to secure his 15th victory. He's got a three-to-one lead here in the bottom of the ninth. But at the plate is the guy who has two of those hits, Manny Rendonawa, a single to center and a double to right so far. Knutson into his windup. Here's the pitch, and he throws a fastball right by Rendonawa for strike one. Rendonawa a bit tardy on that swing. Now we're ready for the next pitch. The windup, and here it comes. There's a swing and a long one into the gap in right center field, way back towards the wall. It's off the wall. Beschet can't get there. He's chasing it down. And out of nowhere comes Ellis Burks. He'll get to the ball first. The run's going to score. Randowa is around second. He's digging for three. Here comes the throw from Burks. It's going to be close. Here's the slide. It's it's the Park Adjusted Rockies Podcast. And now here are your hosts, Mark Knutson and Manny Randowa. We've got a
1: treat for Colorado baseball fans this week on the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. Manny and I are joined by the one and only Ryan Spielborgs, Rockies broadcaster and radio host for the MLB Network. This year's class of Hall of Fame inductees will be announced on Tuesday, and Spilly's friend and former teammate Todd Helton is on the ballot. The hall voting process is a subject that's prompted a lot of hot debate, and Spilly has some strong feelings on how that process is carried out, who should be in, and what kinds of things can be done to fix what's gone wrong. Interesting takes to be sure, so keep it right here. Our first pitch is coming up right after this.
2: For the best selection of
3: autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than DenverAutographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall. Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at DenverAutographs.com.
0: Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at usaprimecolorado at gmail.com for more information.
1: Manny, in some respects, it's hard to ask for respect when you've only been in the postseason a handful of times in 30 years, almost 30, three decades of existence. On the other hand, the Rockies have a, have a legitimate complaint about kind of feeling like the Rodney Dangerfield of, of baseball when they are so overlooked for not just postseason awards but hall of fame stuff like that on tuesday we find out about todd helton yeah and you're thinking it's going to be 52 ish percent over 50 percent. all the things i've seen ahead of time um from, from ryan thibodeau say 56 percent. anywhere in that vicinity is a big jump for him a big solid step and then of course jason stark comes out with his column um, the other day advocating for todd helton so he's got some people on his side he does, and I think yeah. we're going to get there. And it was interesting talking to Trent Rosenkranz a couple of weeks ago about how the process works, and that the baseball writers are <clears throat> are the ones that vote. But they—it's not like they asked for this exclusivity. And I know somebody who we both know very well who um, I—you know—these guys guys who work like like Ryan does in that field see a lot of as much baseball or more than anybody else any, any writers and i think they can make a legitimate claim that they ought to be involved in this so let's bring ryan spielborg's into the conversation uh Rockies fans know him love him uh, he's on mlb network uh, radio as well spilly how are you this evening good how are you guys we're hanging in there
2: what's up spilly before Thanks we get into anything
1: else, before we get anything else you don't like happen to have plans to move up into the broomfield erie area do you because i watched your son swing the bat the other night and i'd just like to have him on my high school program someday <laughs>
3: He's got a little ways to go until I understand, there, but yeah. But it's really I mean, nice is- up,
1: really nice up in the Anthem area. I'll check it out; see if it might be a place to relocate down the road before right, he gets we'll in the high school. Got a real estate agent over here.
2: <laughs> That's right, we'll Mark Knudsen real estate. Guy. Guy.
1: I'm not allowed to recruit, but I'm recruiting. What do you say? So anyway, um, Spilly, I know you've been uh, you you've been an advocate for the Colorado Rockies for a long, long time, and I know um, a lot of us feel like the Rockies don't get enough respect, haven't gotten enough respect over the years in terms of postseason accolades. Um, and even Hall of Fame kind of stuff. Manny was instrumental in getting Larry Walker uh, noticed enough to get into the Hall of Fame, but uh, Todd Helton's uh, chance or one one of his chances comes up on Tuesday. How are you feeling about your former teammate?
3: I think he's going to see probably significant improvement over a majority of the guys that have been on the ballot for a long time, right? I don't expect to see Barry Bonds making it to the Hall of Fame, and I don't think I'm going to see Roger Clemens or Jeff Kent or – Kurt Schilling or Andrew Jones I think Scott Rowland and Todd will probably get the biggest bump out of Mm. this year's class and there's a couple reasons why um, I think the PED issue is real I also think there's there's something going on beyond it for these sports writers I don't know if they felt like uh, it wasn't their place to have to be judge and jury with uh, with the PED users and um, I think they're just going to let it escape them and (laughs) <laughs> if major league baseball wants to get them in the hall of fame which I, I do i think all three of those guys specifically kurt Schilling, um bonds and clemens are hall of famers but i think it's going to come down to uh, a different committee just not the writers but i think with todd after see what happened with with larry and good job manny yeah i think you yeah. do deserve yeah, a little bit appreciate it uh but i i think what guys are recognizing with todd and i and i think they're seeing it too with Scott Rowland, is this idea of body of work? We're not playing a certain amount of games, or not even digging into some of the Roto PS numbers, or or really just kind of digging into what Todd did as a player, and even Scott Rowland. Um, I think they're they're kind of attached to each other, to be honest. When I look hmm. at both guys, and and I and I do believe that you know both Scott and Todd did more than enough, especially in the eyes of their contemporaries. I mean, I'll give you an example. If you go to the two thousand um season he had like it's a season st- it, it's stupid to think he was he was fifth Todd yeah, was fifth something. in a season where he had over 100 uh extra base hits and like if you look at in the history of the game guys that have had 100 extra base hits it's like not a ton and mm-hmm. he was fifth and he like you don't need wins above replacement to look at that at that hall yeah that, I mean I mean even if you
2: team. Right. And I get what you're saying, too, Spilly, because they're not looking at it back then. Right. They're not looking at wins above replacement because, you know, it's not something it exist, that yeah. they're going to they're going to think about or, or, or weigh. And so I get you know, we get that that's the case. But, yeah, if you look at just the straight numbers, I mean, um, even still. And, and just for the record, he had the highest war. I mean, he, he put up nine war that year, you know. Yeah. So he, was, um, he basically
3: put up Mike Trout's season
2: yes and, and 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 i mean andrew jones finished in second uh another guy who's who's, who's uh, getting some love this year um randy johnson barry bonds and jeff kent um uh are are that's the work that's those are the war leaders and the, the way it all finished out was it, uh obviously jeff kent won the, won the award then bonds piazza edmonds and then helton so pretty pretty uh i mean that's one of those things that you look back at it's like revote you know what do we say ryan um Manny came up with a name for this program based on
1: park adjusted Rocky's podcast, right? War is park adjusted, right? These are stats that yep. are unaffected by Coors Field, at least altered for Coors Field. And do you think all the voters realize that?
3: I don't think they care enough about the nuance of how this thing is calculated. I think some guys, I mean, the problem with, with wins above replacement is that there's so many different versions of it, right? You'll have baseball perspectives. Mm-hmm. you will have the warp version. You'll have fan graphs, which I like. Uh, baseball reference has theirs, which um, I don't think it it values on base percentage as much. Um, and I think it overvalues defense. So you do have like some some differences at baseball reference. But regardless, I mean I, I think when when you look at sports writers, you have to you have to remember, especially in Colorado, it has nothing to do that Todd Helton wasn't a likable player. It said nobody watches Mountain Time baseball games. You have yeah, East Coast bias, you, you have West Coast bias. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's a fact. I mean, yep. you can't you can't deny that part. So, uh, a lot of sports writers, I don't want to say, um, I don't think it's fair to say that they didn't do their homework because but they, they didn't think do they their do, homework.
1: They didn't do their homework. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't. That.
3: They didn't watch him play. Yeah. they yeah. didn't watch him play. Yeah. And that's been, that's always been a problem with Colorado is that you're dealing with a uh, unique time zone that's specific to our region, <laughs> and you're playing at a mile high, which which for years this this field has been considered uh, kind of a circus tent. And um, so, you know, sports writers aren't going to really pay attention to it because they just why would they?
1: That's why I've advocated. We, talk, we had Trent Rose Krenz on a couple of weeks ago and we brought this up to him, too. And he said, listen, the writers, the Hall of Fame came to us. They want they asked us to be the voting block, because I've thought for a long, long time that people in your job should ha- who see more games. You honestly see a lot more games, a lot more baseball than a lot of the guys who are just beat writers. But and by B-writers. and by
2: and by default, you have to do more right. homework because exactly. you guys are going seeing each series, and you guys are you guys need to know. I mean, before every game, you guys got to do the home. Yeah. I mean, I know, and 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 right. you you're about to talk about this. I know if because I'm going to mention his name, but Vince Scully and just the straight up homework that he did, right? Um, and exactly. when, when we talk about like what Mark's saying, when you talk, we talk about people who ought to have a vote. You gotta seriously consider people who do what you guys do.
3: I've heard that argument before, and I do appreciate that. Uh, there are times where I'm telling you, broadcasters that just watch their team day in day out are completely biased.
2: Really biased. We yeah. are true sure.
3: We sense. are. We are very, very biased. At least, uh, and, and I know Vin is. You know, people have said that about Vin Scully too, because he's seen the greats, and so he has, he has levels of of players that he can compare to where. I mean if you've broadcasted for 67 years you know yeah i mean there, there's guys that there's people that have been blogging for 10 years they <laughs> they never watched ken griffey jr play live or they didn't see uh mike schmidt or they didn't know who brooks robinson was or you i mean you can go down all kinds of and that's fine i mean like that's okay that i don't expect every sports writer to watch every single game and know every single player in the league but what it, with broadcasters to your point yeah we do our homework because we're we're seeing these guys, but we only see them for a series. I mean, if, if you were to ask me to vote for players that I've seen, I mean, I'd have to be specific towards give me the National League West right. because if, yeah, if I've seen true. a player 19, but you're 19 also, times a year, then I'm going to yeah, give a much better But But you're uh, also opinion.
1: on a national f- platform as well. And I'm, I think I'm talking more about guys at the MLB Network who watch the highlights and watch every all games all the time, don't have a hometown bias because they're not a hometown broadcaster. They're all over the place. And I think those guys – um, you know, Dick Enberg before he went to the Padres, but I'm talking about guys who who were national guys who see more baseball than a local columnist. Hostess, those yes. kinds of guys. Those yeah. guys, I think, really would have been uh, a valuable addition. And, and then you, you know, I know obviously you're a Rockies guy, but you also have are on MLB.com or MLB Network Radio where you're not a Rockies advocate. You're a baseball advocate. You're talking about the game itself. You're talking about the American league and the national league and all that. So I understand what your, your position, I appreciate your position coming from a, well, I only see the Rockies I only see the national League West in detail, but you do see more than that. And guys at your, at your network see a lot more
2: than that.
3: Yeah. I mean, so MLB network radio, I'm not, a, I mean, we're not affiliated with the MLB.com or like our, Sirius common XM misconception. Is, it's a very common misconception. Right. We're not attached. So, um, right. we have nothing to do with Secaucus or NLB.com okay. or anything. We just have, we're by name right. NLB network radio. Otherwise we're, we're, I mean, we could be called the baseball network for all, okay. for all intents and purposes, but I, I think I, I, have What's Billy really saying is he
2: can bad mouth my articles anytime he wants,
3: I could talk trash about anything at any time. Um, I think, I think what I've, as I've done this more and more, I've recognized that the Hall of Fame is completely flawed, and the system that they've used is Preach flawed. Well, that's uh, it. I, I, I don't think that there's a remedy that's that will suit what is what it what we're looking at. I, I already to begin with think that the hall is too small. I think here, the criteria here. to get to get into the Hall of Fame is a joke, yep. right? Like to think that you have to get three thousand hits or three hundred wins or um, I mean, the fact that if you like in, in Helton's case, he's one of the top 50 hitters in the history of our sport. Yeah. So it's like, what, what are you actually measuring him against? And yeah. that's that's a part where I think if you were to bring in broadcasters from the outside, you would you'd maybe see a handful more players, maybe. But I, even if I'm looking at this year's ballot, I mean, if I, if I had, you know, you had 30 players on a ballot. And if I was to give you unlimited votes, you're not voting for all 30 players. Right. At the most, you might have got to twelve. At the most, and, and that's and that's where if you start looking at this thing and you're saying to yourself, "Well, what is a Hall of Famer?" I mean, that's that's yeah. been the question. Well, it's that just I've, so vague, I've asked though. Right? Writers all the time. Yeah, it's asked, so vague. I've bro. asked like, writers, "What like, is it?"
2: Like we're still talking. We're the, the the Hall of Fame gives no guidance, virtually no guidance. There's a character clause and players' record. You know, and and that I mean that's why you see you Know some of these ballots, right? I mean, it's it's just so wide open that um, it really becomes a situation where it's in it's really amazing actually that over the years it's been as tight as tough to get into the Hall of Fame given that how vague it is. So, that in that sense, it's worked, Manny. I said said this before.
1: when Trent was on, it's the Supreme Court's definition of pornography. There is no definition; you just know it when you see it, right? That's you no know when you see
2: it. Yeah, I mean, here.
3: Well, I think Spilly. But, let's but go they back don't to even. You know, but they don't even know what they see. It.
2: Yeah. No, the problem? Let's go back to what you said, Spilly, which is the crux of the matter. There's no easy solution to this problem of the Hall of Fame. I mean, it's like as the as the voting uh, block, the voting demographic gets. Um, more you know gets younger and there's more turnover and more people start coming in and there's more digitally native people and there's more people who who understand advanced metrics and all that kind of stuff um that's why bonds and clemens for example are getting um bumps over the last few years <clears throat> and Etc. Etc. That's part of that. That helps, but it's not gonna. It doesn't go to the heart of the matter where it's like you've got what you've got a group of you got the writers where it's a group that's it's too hard to get into the Hall of Fame, and then you've got the Veterans Committees where it's too easy to get into the Hall of Fame as we've seen in years in recent years. uh And so it's like you've got two ways to get in, and there's no like it. it it's not one standard, you know. And I know we can't make it. A, I mean, we can't just like go straight by war. Or we can't do something ridiculous like that. But we can make it a little bit. The Hall of Fame could provide a little more guidance instead of leaving it what it was in 1936 or whatever.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I would like to give writers and take them off the hook in in the way that if if Major League Baseball didn't want Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens or any of these guys that Let's were part so. of, take them off the ballot. Yeah. You did it with Pete Rose. <clears throat> you didn't even make it. I mean, it was an opportunity for writers. I believe he was on the ballot for, for two or three years. And then they're like, nope, we're just going to, Bart Giamatti said, no, he's out. <laughs> Um, he, he bet on the sport, and so if that's if that's what you want to do, even though it's a museum, and you should tell the story. The story needs to be nope. told. Like Agreed. I'm a huge, I'm an advocate for Sammy Sosa, and Sammy, my take on Sammy is is totally different than what I have with with most players. Like Sammy Sosa, we know. I mean, he's one of nine players to hit 600 home runs. He had three seasons in a row where he had over 60 home runs and didn't lead the league in homers. So we know. We know everything was crazy. He had the cork bat stuff. But when I think back to 1998 and what Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire did for our sport, our sport owes a debt of gratitude to Sammy Sosa. It owes a debt of gratitude to Mark McGuire. And to that entire era because the revenues are what they are. I mean, I, I, I talked about San Francisco, Barry Bonds, and what he did to China Basin and to yeah, what ATT ballpark, impact. the economic impact, the, the value of homes, the value of restaurants. That's a
2: good point. It's incredible. All of uh, those things domino we're talking effect.
3: we're talking billions of dollars that these guys brought to the sport. Billions, not millions, billions of dollars. And we want to throw him to the side like there's some sort of pariah. Yeah. And that's an interesting argument. Well, I mean, it is well, a good I want, to be honest, I want Sammy. I want Sammy's bust right next to Bud Selig's and have McGuire sandwiched in between because I don't think it's fair that you can. And that's what happened. He had a lot of people earned a lot of money or got recognition. Tony La Russa is a Hall of Fame manager that had steroid-using players on his team and he's in the Hall of Fame, like. it's Sammy. Sammy Sosa
2: argument, it. though. Like the Sammy Sosa. I've never been a Sosa guy, um, but 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 Mark said something on a pre- previous podcast where he's like, "But do you can you tell the story of baseball without him?" Or and, and same no. with Sammy Sosa. Yeah, uh, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Can you tell the story of baseball without him? And no, you can't. And, and so the story like,
1: doesn't always have to be good. Right. No, I mean, that's and, the whole point of a museum. You, right. It's a Holocaust museum. You tell bad things, and we're going through this argument in society right now about you know the Tulsa race riots and all
2: that you got to tell the whole story don't you I mean there's going to be the argument that you've got the museum part instead outside of the gallery hall but like that that's not the attraction right Right. the the, the idea of the hall of fame every time you see a picture of the hall of fame you see a picture of the gallery hall or every time you see like a commercial about the hall of fame announcement coming or whatever it's the gallery hall that's the attraction that's the thing Put the good, put the bad, put right. it all I'm on it. the plaque, but put it up there.
1: You know, th- this It's already in good. there,
3: too. That's the, that's the other problem. It's already in there. And if you're complaining that, I mean, I, I get this stuff when you're talking about monuments. I mean, uh, you know, like, do you want to recognize uh, parts of history where, you know, people were racist or they were bigots or whatever, all these different things? Uh, and in this case, in Sosa's case, in McGuire's case, they were neither. Yeah. You,
1: good point yeah i mean now you're, now you're starting <laughs> to make judgments about point. what's
2: worse than what which brings know?
1: us to a great point here because uh, the one guidance you meant you guys both mentioned that they do have is the character clause does the character clause still serve a purpose and and what is it i mean it's also pretty difficult to define that isn't it i don't know how, i don't know the exact absolutely you it's guys a, know, it's, but it's, it's, how do you it's define a, that how, how do you yeah, decide you, one guy's character is, is, okay a, one guy's it's, is it?
3: it's a it's a slippery slope i don't yeah. know that's how they should define it i mean the kurt Schilling one you know this one i i i've I've already said it many times, especially on radio. like there's probably I would guess that there's zero things that we would ever see eye to eye on zero things right. we'd ever see eye to eye. On. I would probably if we ended up having a meal together, I'd probably listen to him and we'd we'd probably dispute the entire time. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't take away from the fact that I thought he was a Hall of
2: Famer. That's, Agreed. No That's the point. Agreed. He's a Hall of Famer. Absolutely. On the field, what he did. What he did in the postseason, in particular, he's one of those clutch postseason he, pitchers of all time. Here's the
1: problem, though, guys. He's not the only one in baseball. He's not the only one who's currently in the Hall of Fame who shares the same point of view on on society, on life, right? Yeah, there, just yeah had, there's a lot. There's way just, more exactly in the
3: Hall of Fame. Right. Than people recognize.
1: Exactly, and he just had yeah. the, the, the he made the mistake, I guess, if you look at it that way, of being so vocal and so upfront about it. I mean, over the top, upfront about. It, let's be honest. He just went way too far with it. But he's not the only one that has those points of view. So if he's violating the character clause they better go in with a fine tooth comb and clean out some of those other guys. Cause I'm from Ty, Ty well, Cobb on. There's a lot of guys. You, you, that you, have you, that. My, my thing
2: has always been that it, it, Jason Stark said it the best a, a few years ago when the, there was a shutout and we might've shut out this year in the writer's ballot, but yep. um, he said, do you want, you got to pick, do you want a museum or do you want a cathedral? you know? Yeah, and, well and, 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 you can't, you can't have both. You got to figure this out. And the hall of fame has not done that. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't, you don't want OJ Simpson in your hall of fame. You don't want a murderer in your hall of fame, right? Too late. Or you don't want, or you don't, yeah, that's what I'm, i use him as an example right. because he's the, you know, the, yeah. the clear example, but you're not going to put that guy in the hall of fame, but that's not the same thing as what we're talking about here. We're nope. talking about with the PEDs and with the, mm-hmm. the, the, yeah, the uh, perspectives from uh, Schilling and all that kind of stuff, right. that, To me, if you if you played at a high enough level during your career to be recognized in the Hall of Fame, you should be in there. And if you and none of the other stuff matters, if you cheated the game, that matters. So you got to put that stuff on the plaque as well. Um, But that 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 part don't give them the ceremony, then, you know, don't give them the pomp and circumstance. I said this before, like that, that that I think that, you know, bonds doesn't need to get that get a get a ceremony or whatever a speech or you know, uh, get to have his time at the microphone, but put his bust or put his plaque in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah does uh, Does anyone think that Pete Rose is the only one who bet on baseball who's in the Hall of Fame? In <laughs> back in the day, I, mean, uh, I, I hope so. I, I hope, I hope so, 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 but but it, I mean, it's not realistic. These guys were spending lots of days at the dog track and all sorts of different places back in the day, and reporters were turning their heads and looking the other direction. I mean,
2: slippery slope.
1: I mean, I, it is extremely slippery slope, and I think you guys are absolutely onto something here. That there needs to be a, a Better set of criteria laid out in front of these writers, and if it is the writers who continue, we want to continue to see vote. I, I think you might be onto something more here, where you talk about maybe impaneling a, you know, like the college football playoff selection committees, establish a selection committee of former players and writers and all sorts of different people, executives to make these decisions on. What's going to be European interesting, base. is when
2: these guys fall off. That when Bonds and Clemens and Schilling and Sosa fall off, um, we are really the the the, uh, the ballots being purged of a lot of these um yeah. controversial players well
1: you still have um Alex Rodriguez yeah and yeah yeah we got
2: yeah ortiz David is gonna ortiz. get elected we know that but and arod <laughs> might be the last of those guys but it's just one of those things where we have um a new we're moving into kind of a new era of Hall of Fame voting and um where that that clog that backlog isn't there anymore so maybe there's hope there but the the past omissions the Kenny loftons those guys yeah. the past ones are are the ones um that need to be dealt with and i would love if they could convene like a special committee on snubs for lack of a mm. better way to put it but um, yeah so
3: i mean like off the top of my head Fred McGriff is a snub um jim admins is a snub i mean you can the, keith hernandez is a snub i mean if you start what's what's fa- fascinating for me is like like i said scott Rowland and todd helton are tied so they're attached uh and when you look at, at some of their numbers for both guys because they didn't get to 3,000 hits, but they had over 300 homers and they had over 2,000 hits. And if you look at if you look at position players that had over 2,000 hits and over 300 home runs, now you start getting into some real small small call type stuff. And uh, and rolling specifically, when you look at third base, third base of 300 home run hitters and uh, the multiple Gold Gloves, and and that's the other part. Put for the argument that I've heard is well listen gold gloves were in an inexact science. I was like really all right. So if we're gonna talk about and and I've heard this from sports writers. Was it's an inexact it was an inexact uh, yeah well it's an inexact science because it was cat it was its coaches and managers that voted on this right that's who votes on the on the gold glove I was like well who voted on uh, MVPs when you had guys winning MVPs that end up getting fifth so if you're gonna discredit the gold glove or gold glove numbers, then can I not look at MVPs, past MVPs and go, shouldn't I discredit the MVP? Shouldn't I discredit the Cy Young? Shouldn't it, it, I discredit the on rookie on of the year?
2: This, this, uh, you know, when you're looking at evaluating player, um, I remember Ellis Burks for the book, he said, you're basically judged on, after your career, you're judged on MVPs, all-star, if you're position player, MVPs, all-star appearances and World Series. Like that's your, those are the three. He's like, these are, that's like the trifecta of what you're judged at on, but world series depends on your team. The other awards are all based on a subjective uh, uh, evaluation of your, of your year or your career or whatever. So it's like, like Helton should have an MVP next to his name on the baseball reference page, but he doesn't because of the way people saw it. Right. So again, that is another reason why people I think gravitate more than ever before towards things like wins of a pr- replacement. They're not perfect but You can it's not perfect. In fact, more might be a little bit harsh toward Rockies pitching and hitting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like overcompensating for the course factor, for example. But that's the best we have right, right now. It's better than a lot of the ways that we used to do it. One of the problems that I wanted to bring up that is going to plague the Hall of Fame forever now because it's, it's, it's done, it's happened, is the example of Mark Deschere. Mark Deschere was better than Gil Hodges. You can, go, you can go by raw numbers. You can go by um, advanced metrics. He's going to fall off. He's got 0.6% on Thibodeau's lit, uh, tracker. He's going to fall off in his first year, like Kenny Lofton did, for example, another guy who could very well be a Hall of Famer, and I think is. And Gil Hodges just got elected. The the, the, the juxtaposition there, you know, it's just like when Jeter was going to go in on the first and Larry was on his last, and the juxtaposition was great. I mean, it was just like, it's perfect. That The point made, it, it was illustrated through that that kind of visual. And the same goes for Mark Deshera. And I just think when you got, you know, Harold Baines, great player, not not a Hall of Famer no, in my not. book, but we got Harold Harold Baines, and you got Gil Hodges, and you're not going to have guys like Tischer and Lofton in there. It's just it's going to plague the Hall for for just the the, the disparity there.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Well, and for me, Gil Hodges was a little bit more than just uh, baseball field yeah, stuff because he, could he, go he was, a, man- manager. He could go well, he was a manager. Well, he was a manager. He was a manager. He was a 1969 Mets manager, and he passed away a couple of years later from a heart attack and he was really beloved. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I he think is, was, he, to know, be
1: fair, he is part of the history, the story of the game. He is the miracle Mets were a big part of that history.
3: Yeah. Right. And he was a huge part of, of right. the Brooklyn Dodgers and Jackie Robinson and, and, you know, like that group back there as well. So, I mean, I get it from Gil Hodges. I've always cautioned people to say, okay, well, if Harold Baines gets in,
2: I don't prescribe it that then, personally
3: Then now, now it lowers, now
2: it lowers it is. the bar. It shouldn't lower the bar. but I, it's a I've problem. never
3: looked at it. It is a problem. I mean, in in Harold Baines's case, he was our first official DH, right? He was like the first full-time DH during the 80s. That kind of led to Edgar Martinez, you know, being a really good DH. So I'm okay with eras building off of each other, but I also wanted to go backwards, right? Because I'll give you an example. Billy Wagner, I think he's trending at what, 50%? That's a Hall of Famer. And uh, he didn't get to a 1,000 innings. Didn't get to that. He retired at 38 after right. an all-star season. Which is what's and keeping him out. He, well, and not only that, if you look at Mariano Rivera's uh, save opportunities in comparison to Billy Wagner's, Mariano Rivera had like 160 more save opportunities than Billy Wagner ever did. Right. So because Billy was not on as good of a team as the Yankees, like Wagner is automatically out because he didn't get to 600 saves. Like that's stupid. It's so then simplistic. what is that... It's too, Right? So then what happens if Billy Wagner doesn't get in and Josh Hader continues on his track, which he is the most dominant reliever in our sport. He's just like Billy Wagner. Same yeah. thing. Suppresses anybody getting on base, which is his damn job. There's no, there is no like modern day Billy Wagner that could ever even sniff the Hall of Fame. So you're Believers saying essentially from here at- on out will we'll never Wagner, see a reliever from this era ever make it to the Hall of
2: Fame. I think Billy Wagner, according to Jay Jaffe's <clears throat> Jaws system, which for those who don't know, averages your career war with your um, peak seven years. Billy Wagner is the fifth best reliever of all time or sixth. And the, every single guy ahead of him is in the Hall of Fame. But that's where the line is right there. And it's like, honestly, some guys who are, are not going to get a lot of support, but who who have a legitimate case, Papelbon and Nathan, because those guys... Nathan, does. Know, you know Nathan especially. I think Papelbon is for me is probably on the line, but it still has a legit. You can make a case for him with a straight face. But the reliever pos- position, it's just a matter of like, there. How many relievers are there in the Hall of Fame? Six, seven. You know, it's just it's just absurdly low. You guys, I want to bring well, this. Back. I'm going to bring this back to the Rockies. I was, yeah, was going to say, just wait till
3: K-Rod, wait till K Rod gets on the on the ballot because yeah. K Rod K Rod actually had <clears throat> peak years that he was one of our greatest closers ever too.
2: No doubt.
1: I want to kind of bring this back to the Rockies for a minute and. and kind of flipping around we talk about rockies players not getting enough respect for what they do while they play course field i'm just curious because manny i know you're not a huge jeter guy as opposed i mean not first ballot unanimous kind of thing if a guy like i won't use jeter but say, pick and pick somebody else if they played for the rockies during their peak years would they've gotten the same and then put up the same numbers would they be in the hall of fame is there somebody you can think of that maybe because the team he played on is They're why he's Jeter? In there? Derek Jeter. Do you, you think Jeter's that way? I mean, obviously Absolutely. he won championships, but if he, if he had the same career in, in purple pinstripes, he's, is he not, he's a maybe of famer?
2: not a Hall He's maybe not a Hall of Famer. It's close, but he's maybe not a Hall of Famer because of the course factor. <clears throat> that would drag him, drag him down. He was not great defensively as much as people want to think he was. Um, he, made some, he made some clutch plays and great plays defensively, and he, obviously he had a lot of clutch uh, play appearances in the postseason. But he's not getting to the postseason with the Rockies. Uh, m- might get there once or twice in his career and he's so he doesn't get those opportunities he doesn't have captain in colorado is not captain in right new york in yankees pinstripes right and so like you don't have that aura right you don't have that mythical quality to you then um it's it's like for example if we did this last year like because of the same again because of the juxtaposition on the ballot a walker jeter walker had more war than jeter in like 700 fewer games but Mm -hmm. walker on the yankees with that Oh, short yeah. porch and right field and and let him be healthy and then put jeter on the rockies walker is like an inner circle all of yeah. and um jeter might not make it at all i think how about a, good about a, a guy like
1: billy how about a guy like ryan sandberg another guy who was no, not really a good defensive He was a solid defensive player. ball hit right to him he's gonna make the play but he didn't have much range and uh, he was a he was a good player was he a great player was he a hall of famer if he's not playing for the for harry Carey's that talk about him all the time on tv no i think uh
3: what was I think Ryan Sandberg's like road OPS was like seven oh, yeah. ten or something no, like that. His, his
2: numbers are much less impressive it, it, than I think. I be.
3: mean, yeah, I mean you look at it, but um, if, you him, <laughs> if I was to compare him, if I was compare Ryan Sandberg to Jeff Kent, who Jeff Kent has more home runs by a second baseman than anybody in the history of the game, uh, you would see that Sandberg's wins above replacement far exceeds Jeff Kent because of defensive mm, numbers. Defensive, yeah. Mm. And, and so it becomes a it becomes a question mark again, like yeah. Are they then getting the say, numbers right?
2: Cores. Take Sandberg, put them in cores, and then it's like, oh, the cores is dragging them down. Well, Those yeah, numbers and, brought down.
3: <laughs> and nobody's ever that's the problem with, and that's why I said, like, I'm not a big fan of baseball reference baseball reference war when it comes to Rockies players, because it 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 undermines defensive numbers for us. Um, but if I if I use baseball prospectus, which uses a little bit of I mean it, it gives a little bit more range factor to outfielders and gives a little bit uh, more benefit. Course. Very which, which is super. Uh, so you'll like, again, you're, you're looking at range factor and uh, different, you know, ways to, to assess defensive players at course field, and they still can't get it right. The only one that's been close is Mark Simon with the fielding Bible. But I, when, even when I look at Mark Simon's uh, fielding Bible, I think there are some, I think he overvalues some defensive aspects too. So I feel like that's like on the, he is like the teacher that gives the A pluses, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And baseball reference is like that tough teacher that like, you can't even get a B no matter how good your paper is.
2: That's an interesting, that's a, that's a good way to, to look at it. Actually. Yeah. I had some of those in college.
1: Well, we all did. Well, at least we claimed. <laughs> I need to. one. I need it now. <laughs> as as we sit here on the eve of Hilton's um, or the, the announcement, I think we're all kind of in agreement that it may not be anybody picked. If it is, it's Ortiz, but probably nobody gets in for the writers. Um, that has in the past, that's been brushed aside. Well, we've got all these veteran committee guys who we'll have six guys in the ceremony and he will have the ceremony. Is it going to facilitate a change at some point if this keeps happening? Um, or is it just going to be, Hey, we got this committee to do to put guys in who didn't get voted in and it's all good.
3: I think the writers there, I don't think it was uh, all of them, but I think, <clears throat> I think some of the old guard looked at this group as this is their last. This is not our, this is not our problem. Hmm. We are not going to, we're not going to vote. I, we don't want to be responsible for seeing Bonds, Clemens, and Schilling getting in. Uh, and this next group, which is like, I, again, going back to Sammy Sosa using him as a comp. <clears throat> someone explained to me how Alex Rodriguez can have 40 plus percent of the vote and Sammy Sosa can have 25. How can you vote for Alex Rodriguez who tested twice positive under the system Versus Sammy Sosa, who never tested positive in the system. David Ortiz did, back in the survey, back yep. in 2003, did test. Yes, but did.
2: no penalties.
3: Here's, here's the craziest part. It was because of those stats, those numbers, that we have the current policy in place. So if you're going to discredit the 2003 test, number one, like those names are supposed to be like given away and disregarded. They were supposed well. to be destroyed. They weren't. However... <clears throat> At the end of the day, if you look at it, but that's what we based our entire testing system on was from the 2003 test. So I just don't understand how we can be so hypocritical in this thing where we say, okay, 2003 test, the one for Ortiz we're cool with doesn't count for him, even though, I mean, he's a hell of a player. Don't get me wrong. But like A-Rod, we're cool for voting for A-Rod, but Sammy Sosa, no. I think the Gary old, Sheffield, no. I think the old like, guard,
2: that that's, that's that's <laughs> um you know, it's, we're turning over into a new cohort. The new cohort, in answer to, uh, to your question, Mark, I think is going to be a lot more, uh, is going to vote for a lot more Hall of Famers than this oh. old one. And I think that that, so as far as like shutouts go, I think that's, I don't think that's going to be a very major problem going forward. Because I think now with all the advanced numbers and what people look at and the campaigns that have been put up for people and the, the turnover is what's going to lead to more people getting in and a bigger haul, I think. But it's just the, the system's just been so bad for so long that we have a lot of problems and thorny issues as a result of it. I mean, the PED stuff doesn't, ha- you know, doesn't help, but at the same time, those guys are going to fall off. That'll be for a committee. Um, and, and we're, we're probably going to, things will get better, I think. In that respect. Okay,
1: before I let you guys both go, we only have a couple minutes left. <clears> Hilton <throat> doesn't get in this year, but when does he? Give me a year, Spilly, when Todd Hilton's elected to the Hall of Fame.
3: Was this year four for him? I believe so, Um yeah. Let me see where he was tracking at. I think Roland and Scott will get in together. That's my guess because they're so similar. They really are. They're very, very similar. Mm-hmm. So Helton, <clears throat> he's at about 60% and Roland's right at Tr- tracking right now on uh, the rent thing at seventy percent. I would say next year. Next year mm-hmm. too. I mean if I'm gonna play it real safe, I would say two thousand twenty four. That's optimistic. So I, got,
2: I was gonna both. say twenty five. Roland first and Hilton. Yeah, yeah, I
3: think rolling could get in as soon as next year. I think yeah. Todd can get in next year too though. That's what, my gut is Todd gets in next year. Well
0: we just
1: well, gotta well, get you know, Manny on the on the job and get him start writing another book and do all that kind of stuff and we'll get Hilton
3: as a job Hilton, I there's, why there's, he going. I, somebody else. Well, I think like he's already gained um I think he's gained votes this year yes.
2: from uh, from the yes. yes. Yeah, he's one of the big gainers. Uh, yeah. you know, biggest gainers over last on returning voters. Um but yeah, I, you know somebody at one time somebody on Twitter was like, "Why aren't you so why aren't you so gung-ho for Hilton? I was like cuz Larry Walker was like 10 times the player Todd Hilton was. 10 um, times? Ten times, maybe, maybe, uh, and and, and and Todd and Todd was great, and I and to me, he's a borderline guy, and it's a push, but I would push in, not out, as a Hall of Famer. So um, that's why I, you know, it's not, you know, I, I, it's, that's a job for Spilly or somebody else. But um, ask
1: an infielder who throws one in the dirt and has Hilton scoop it out. If he's yeah, no, I'm, I, 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 uh, I at was, he was sensational me. at first base, but just underrated and defensively what, as good as he well, was.
3: And just think of if, if if Todd's picking balls at first, what that means for pitchers. And there you are. Yeah, thank and you. Yeah. There might still be games out there yeah. if it wasn't for helping at first. Yeah.
1: I totally agree with that. I I don't think you can overrate what he did on defense. Spilly, we've really enjoyed having you. We'll keep listening thanks, to man. you on MLB network MLB radio. Um see you at the at the batting cages with your kid. And I telling you Anthem's a beautiful area if you think about it.
3: Just go check <laughs> it right. out one day. All right. Keep yelling at
2: people, thanks. keep yelling at people on the radio too. Okay.
3: That's all I do. It's my favorite thing on earth.
1: Bye guys. And you nice, got a closer
2: for me? Yes, sir.
3: All right, we'll be back right after this. Stay with
1: us. Manny's Closer comes up next on the Rock Park Adjusted Rockies podcast.
3: For the best
2: selection of autographs
3: and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than DenverAutographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall. Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at DenverAutographs.com.
0: Learning life skills through baseball. USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at usaprimecolorado at gmail.com for more information.
2: Tomorrow night, the Hall of Fame will announce whether anyone from this year's BBWAA ballot was elected to Cooperstown. One guy has a shot, David Ortiz, but we might see a shutout on the writers ballot for a second straight year. Of interest around here will be how Todd Helton does. He's trending in the right direction, that's for sure. We know he won't be elected this year, but his stock continues to rise among Hall of Fame voters. And after tomorrow's results are revealed, I have a feeling we'll be seeing Helton become the second Rockies player to be inducted at Cooperstown within two or three years. Not bad for an organization that didn't have any as recently as two years ago. The question of whether certain players in the Hall of Fame would have missed out had they played in Colorado is an intriguing one, and I'm glad that Mark brought it up during the podcast with Spilly. The last two inductees in the hall, Derek Jeter and Larry Walker, provide a great example for this thought exercise. Think about it. Put Jeter in Colorado and Walker in Yankee pinstripes for their careers and see what happens. I'm not sure Jeter makes it to Cooperstown in that scenario. Our tools for evaluating players keep evolving for the better. A decade from now, we'll be looking back at war and marveling at just how much better we're getting at getting to the heart of how good a player truly was. And as four more controversial names fall off the ballot this year, future decisions for the Riders may come a little easier. Still, there have been many players who have been snubbed over the years, players who have a legitimate case for the Hall of Fame. Here's hoping they get their day in upstate New York at some point down the road.
1: Manny closes it out, and that'll put the wraps on another episode of the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. Our thanks to AT&T Sportsnet's Ryan Spielborgs, for giving us his insights. This may not be Helton's year, but it's coming soon. Be sure to join us next week for another episode. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.